0: Hey, it's the Ziff Podcast, our fourth and final preview of NFL divisions. We're talking NFC and AFC South, and also we're talking giraffes. So I hope you enjoy that and everything else. for the football podcast this one for the NFL season preview Uh, we're going to talk about the NFC South and the AFC South Um, and it is uh, episode four of our preseason preview it's the last one for 2021 Uh, so we will be next week moving on to um, more uh, very specific uh, NFL things that will be happening but uh before we do anything i'd like to welcome the mayor mayor how are you
1: uh i'm doing pretty good professor uh for all of our sifters out there you can follow me at 49 gators at twitter and of course if you're going to follow us along there's going to be a lot of fun games going on throughout the season i'm um, gonna finish out this preview show with like you said the NFC East or NFC South and AFC South. And I have surprised myself with some of my predictions because I am true to myself. Uh, we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um, so, how are you doing, Professor? Good.
0: Garage to myself. So, uh, I think we're good to go. Sometimes uh, I have one of those little uh, rugrats running around, but tonight I got the garage to myself. So, uh, I'm good. <laughs> Um, all right. So we in fact uh, this one. This one is really truly a random fact. Um, this random fact is about animals. The tallest mammal. Uh, what is the tallest mammal? Um, do you do, you, do you know do you know what the tallest mammal is, mayor?
1: The tallest mammal. Give me a second, if I can. Um, is it the hippopotamus?
0: No. Look up into the sky and think what animal could you see if you looked up into the sky it would be standing very far above you. I don't know. It's a giraffe.
1: See, I thought that was a trick question. You were going to somehow tell me a giraffe wasn't a mammal.
0: <laughs> see, we, we've run into this before. Yeah. I always think you're swerving and then sometimes it's just a straightforward answer all right the giraffe is the tallest mammal but uh how long do you think a giraffe needs to sleep in a tw- period
1: about 10 minutes
0: you know what that's really good between five and 30 minutes wow which is kind of the opposite of what you think because you think a larger mammal might need more sleep during, uh, during the day at some point but um yeah, only five to thirty minutes of sleep required each four-hour period.
1: What so, is the predator of a giraffe?
0: Well, I have seen lions attack them, uh, not necessarily all successfully. But uh, what is the what is the predator for giraffes?
1: I don't know. I'm asking you.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to go with lions because I have seen um, packs of lions going after them. Um, Uh, in, in nature documentaries, but, um, I'm not sure about anything else, anything that else that's really willing to go after them because they're, they're very large. Um, all right, so let's move on. We're not going to talk giraffes. We're going to talk, um, oh, you have, you you have your, uh, your, your player who's doing good this Uh week.
1: I, I sure do. Um, the player I'd like to spotlight this week is Nadamika Sue. Um, he, since being in the NFL, he for quite a few seasons now, he has started the Sue Family Foundation. You can go to nadamikasue to find out a little more. Uh, he specifically, you know, he went to the um, University of Nebraska, where he has donated two point five million dollars in the Boosters Club, which we all know. Universities have that quite a bit, but it was to basically help build their, um, athletic program to get, um, college students in better shape than they are now. Uh, his foundation really gets around fitness and, um, you know, helping children. He has given over 150 backpacks full, filled with schools and school supplies. Uh, he has donated twenty or $250,000 to his former high school to help build the athletic the program there to help kids really get in shape and stay in shape, and uh, he has done great for the community, and we salute you, Ndamukasue. Uh,
0: definitely, um, but I will say uh, – of all the people that I would expect to uh, sponsor an uh, entire school or entire community to get in really good shape, I wouldn't have necessarily picked in Sue, but <laughs> that's, I know he's in better shape than I am. But um, yeah, so that's a, he's doing good. He's doing good. Absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Um, the AFC South. We'll start with the. AS- uh, in uh, in in great respect to uh, the NFC South uh, champion and world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will lead them to the last. We'll start with the AFC South. So the AFC South plays the NFC West and the AFC East. I'm going to start with the lowly Texans, uh, the Houston Texans. I'm probably not going to have Deshaun Watson, although um, I don't know. Do we have any information on that? Is there something... I, I, I feel like I've missed something in the news. It seems like he's at practice, but people are sure he's not going to play week one. So uh, what do you think about the Texans this year?
1: You know, this is going to bring up another SIF surprise that I was going to talk about. I've got like five SIF surprises just surrounding the Houston Texans, by the way. Wow. But this one kind of goes out there. What is the purpose of an NFL team? letting the media and the world know who their starting quarterback is going to be.
0: You know, I've talked about this before. I think we've talked about it in terms of fantasy, like they have their depth chart out there, but then uh, that's not necessarily their depth chart. Um, so the one that's on their official website isn't necessarily their team depth chart. And so I thought about this. Why would they say who's the starter? Uh you know, why not keep them guessing? I think the only thing I came come up with is, um, it, you know, in that in that locker room, they need to know, right? So they need to know who's going to be their starter week one. And then once they tell the people who, uh you know, need to know, might be the staff, might be the players, might be people who aren't even the roster, once they know out pretty easily and then it's uh then it's then it becomes like a team chemistry issue right who leaked out who's our starting quarterback and that's the only thing I can, can come come up with for that because you're right strategically they should be able to hide that information as long as they want to and and surprise everybody on day one like the Chargers accidentally did last year um, but yeah I, I that's the only thing I can come up with
1: that is also why Tom Brady has been on the injury report since 1997. You're right about that. So anyway. i for that yes so let's move on to um, Houston um, so Houston's outlook does not look very good this year everybody knows it and they are I am gonna end up predicting them to be one in 16 in the season I see them winning the season opener against the against the Jacksonville Jaguars when they travel to Houston and I see that being their only victory of the season
0: Wow what a did that happen to the Texans, or did they went to the, the first season uh, that they were a franchise? I still think their first game, maybe their first two games, and everybody was like, whoa, this David Carr is going to be something else. And uh, and then they went on to lose every other game that year. Um,
1: and yeah, and they them drove going, them of town.
0: Yes. And uh, <laughs> so I have them going 4-13. Um, that is I, very
1: patternless.
0: You know, I I think I think Carolina is going to be, uh, and, and we'll get you know we'll get into some of these uh, teams that struggle uh, when we talk about the NFC South. But I think Carolina is going to be a team that that struggles a bit, um, and they have Carolina on the schedule in uh, Houston. I think this Houston team. I mean, we talk about this a lot. That are so full that's professionals, tough. even if they don't have a star quarterback. Um, you know, or seemingly any star playmakers, they're, and they're going to win some games. Um, I think they can. They can here, teams here and there, and but you're right. I mean, I think 13 is probably, 13, probably their maximum uh, for this season um, without Deshaun Watson, and who knows what what's going to happen with that. So, what, what do think you think the uh, the Vegas have, have has for um, the Texans this season.
1: I would say th- three and a half wins.
0: Close. I mean, close enough. I think if you're within a half a game, you got it. It's four. We'll just like I said, it's four and thirteen for them this year. Um, and I think it's you know we talked about this with the feeling of this. Like you know, the Chiefs might go fourteen and three, and that might be pretty easy to predict. But um, they are not going to see Vegas Insider predict. 14-4, 14-3. Four, um, um, so there's a, there's a floor to this, and um, um, if it's four, then you really got to say it. So maybe we do like 3-2-1-0 win for the Texans, but four is like where that number is, where you really go like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. That, that's like a push, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Thoughts? I feel like we don't know enough about their whole situation. Um to say much about that team, I mean they're not going to be great. But other than that, I don't know
1: about them. So, yes, here's my, here's my second surprise. So, yeah, Houston Houston has a lot of variables with them, just as Green Bay does, if for some freakish reason Aaron Rodgers is not their quarterback, that team looks completely different. I think with Deshaun Watson being their quarterback, you're right, they could get to four to five wins, but I, I don't see this happening. So I, I had a thought to myself, I was like, Houston isn't going to be very good, and we know that. So I wanted to know future odds, how many games they were favored this season from the start of the season. And I went to the lines.com to f- get all my research for this. And I kind of pulled this off, off the website by line, by line, by line, did a lot of research on this. So the Houston Texans are not favored in one game this season. The only wow. game the only game that they're within one point of an underdog or a one point favorite is against the New York jets where, or I'm sorry, the jets are favored by one point in Houston several weeks into the season. Yeah. So once I figured that out, I was like, huh, I wonder how that goes to the opposite end. Kansas City is favored in every single game this season. Tampa Bay and Buffalo, who are the next best regarded teams, according to this website, Buffalo is only favored, favored in 15 of 17 games. The only two games they're not favored is against Tampa and Kansas City. And yeah. Tampa is favored in 16 games. The only game they're not favored is against the Rams. So here's where it gets really kind of wonky because I am a wonky type of fellow. So Houston is expected to be. Lots of people,
0: uh, lots of people refer to you as the Willie.
1: football. I do have a lot of random stats that I come up with and I I think (laughs) they're fun. So Houston is, Expected to be beat by 130 points this season. I added up all their, how many points they're being given at the start of each game, and it's 130 points. That's 7.64 points a game. Mm-hmm. Kansas City is expected to beat their opponents by 112 points. These two teams are at the opposite ends of the spectrum for obvious reasons. And just in case you want to lay down a long shot bet to win the Super Bowl, currently Houston is 30,000 to one odds of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. So ah. I can see that meeting wow. did carry from Dumb and Dumber saying, so you're saying there's a chance.
0: Yes, that's uh, that's actually the thing that came to mind right away. Uh, So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, I'm surprised it's actually not higher. It should be like 50,000 to one or something like that.
1: Well, Kansas City, 450 to one. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go.
0: So... uh, Four wins for the Texans is what Vegas Insider has them at. That was the only one I got exactly right, so that should give you a little bit of a clue going forward. Um, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, definitely a surprise team last year. Um, Ryan Tannehill and especially Derrick Henry, um, they were in every game. It seemed like they were going to overtime all the time. It was coming down to the last play. Uh, they had a good season last year. Um, what do you think the Tennessee Titans will do this
1: so tennessee projecting looking at this it it looks like tennessee could be playing six playoff teams in their first nine games i think it's going to be a very rough start for tennessee starting about 3 and 6 but that back end of the schedule i think that team is going to come together and they're going to end up 12 and 5
0: you said 12 and 5 yes that's exactly what i have 12 and 5 and knowing that Exactly, right, what do you think the Vegas Insider has them at? Uh
1: ten and a half.
0: It's much uh it's much lower. They have them at nine.
1: I will take that bet.
0: Yeah, that right. Like now the Titans can beat that. Um I guess the question is what's on their schedule that's so scary, uh, for Vegas Insider. They do have KC, of course, um, they do have New
1: through they, they Yeah, Arizona, Seattle, Indy, Buffalo, KC, and Indy all within the first eight weeks of football.
0: Yeah, and Indianapolis, uh, now that it looks like they're, you know, they're offensive linemen and they're going to be healthy for the start of the season, maybe we're a little undervaluing. Uh, they do have the LA Rams too, uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough it's a tough schedule honestly playing the nfc west i you know i like the nfc west a lot this year i have every one of them being uh a 10 a 10 plus win team so um you know they got they got the the san francisco game late in the season um and like you said they start with arizona seattle indy you know uh, so it could be a tough a tough stretch i guess at the beginning there at the season and uh it's not easy. Like, this is not an easy schedule. Um, it's nice to play Jacksonville twice, uh, probably. But, um, you know, other than that, and the Texans twice. But other than that, there's not a lot of easy wins on the schedule. Uh, anything else about the Titans before I move on?
1: No, let's move on.
0: All right. Uh, the Colts, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, we just uh, mentioned them. Uh, they look like they are going to have Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. Uh, they, it looks like they're going to be uh, healthy – that offensive line, if it's healthy, is going to be uh, probably a top five offensive line, maybe a top six or seven. We haven't talked a lot about offensive lines, something i like to talk about maybe next week when uh, we're getting ready for the season, but um, the Colts have a good offensive line. Carson Wentz, I think when he gets protection, probably can get the ball out. They do have some, some talent. Hopefully their defense is going to be good. What do you think the Indianapolis Colts are going to do this year?
1: <coughs> so... This is definitely going to be the, um, the div- one of the divisions of the haves and the have-nots. Um, Indy, like you said, has, their team seems to be coming together for them, roster-wise, talent-wise. One-five uh, at the end of the season, and I have got a bold prediction and twisted into a surprise. Indianapolis Colts will be the last undefeated team standing in the NFL. Crashing and burning in week in Tennessee is their first loss of the season.
0: All right. Well, so uh, you said they're going twelve and five, um, and you said that their their first win will come week eight. Uh,
1: no, they're going to be undefeated. They're going to be the last undefeated team in the league. Their first loss is going to be Tennessee, their eighth game of the season.
0: Okay, so they'll be undefeated uh, when the, going into the eighth week. Yes. Do you think you're, they're going to beat San Francisco in San Francisco?
1: I, I predict it. Well, when I put my schedule together, I blindly do some picks, and it so happened that I did pick that um, San Francisco would be losing to Indy that week.
0: This is, this is our first big, huge disagreement, I think. I have them at 6 and 11. I I think I might be a little bit off, but I don't see this team uh, winning that many games. And I actually see them losing possibly four or five five games. They have Seattle, the LA Rams, at Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore, who we know Vegas Insider likes uh, Baltimore because they had them at 11 wins. Um so they got ball at Baltimore at Miami at Tennessee the LA Rams they have Seattle to start the season and they have to play your beloved 49ers in San Francisco um I think that's going to be a tough schedule for them when I put this together I wasn't 100% sure if they'd have Carson Wentz to start the season I wasn't sure if they'd have uh, their in so uh, that might change a few things for me, but I had them at six eleven. I was obviously off. Uh, Vegas Insider has them at a different number. What do you think Vegas Insider has them at? Um, you know, for a win total,
1: ten and a half.
0: They are at nine. And uh,
1: hey. go ahead. And
0: and that and that is recent. I looked that up recently, so that hasn't that number has not moved uh, with the Carson Wentz news that he's going to start week one. Um, So nine wins is where they, the, the Vegas insider has the Colts. It's a little bit of a hedge. We, you know, I, I don't, I I feel super comfortable with the Colts, a new uh, quarterback and some other changes um, to the offense, perhaps, Um, you know, they've been three three or four quarterbacks the last three years. Um, So, you don't have that continuity at quarterback it is a question mark so uh i think 9 is probably fair
1: yeah and you tied back to how we had such a disagreement on this team and we were very far apart on this um with as our loyal sifters know one of the other ones we were pretty far apart on was baltimore where you are a big buyer in baltimore this season where i think they are going to be the exact opposite
0: yeah, so those are the two teams I think we're going to end up with uh, the farthest apart. All right, let's move on to the last team in this, in this division, and I do mean the last team. I think they might be the worst team. This Might actually be better. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, they obviously drafted number one overall, got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they drafted uh, Travis Etienne, it, but he's hurt, so uh, they've already lost one of their um, injury, unfortunately. Uh, what do you think the Jaguars will do this year?
1: You know, I'm. Um, you get, gave a little bit of surprise way there. I I don't think they are going to be the worst team. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good, but I think there's a couple very winnable games on their schedule. I see. Um, you know, them taking out Atlanta, Denver, Houston one time. I also see them losing to Houston as I predicted. Uh, the Jets, I think they're going to be able to just have enough in these games where. You know these are games where Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be able to um, play a little better because this team is probably those teams aren't as talented. Maybe a few more rookies, more closer to the freshman class that he would be in. And I see them winning a late one against New England. I think um, they're going to sneak a win, and they're going to end up at five and twelve. All
0: right. So um, yeah, I mean, I could see this going a little bit. Uh, better for them or worse, depending on, you know, a little, a few factors, uh, you know, what is Houston going to be like? You know, will they be able to sweep Houston or, you know, with them, like you were saying? Yeah, they're going to be any good. And of course, that, you know, some of that's late in the season. Uh, I have them going three and 14. But as I said, the only one I nailed on the number was the Texans at four and 13. So that's obviously not right. What do you think? Dot com has them at uh for the season
1: well i'm going to go with mine at five and twelve or five wins it,
0: it is amazingly six and a half
1: wow urban meyer's not that good of a coach
0: i was actually going to bring this up so uh university of florida fan um And Urban Meyer did uh, have some success there. So what what is your breakdown of Urban Meyer? What
1: do you think he's going to do here in Jacksonville? So Gators fans remember Urban Meyer this way, that he – you know, had some health issues, and I, I never want to make fun of someone's health issues. Um, but it, it seems like a repetitive history of the Urban Meyer when he wants out of a location. I don't want to you know, say any ill will towards the man. But shortly thereafter, he left the University of Florida. He signed on with the Ohio State University. And the, um, the University of Florida ended up destroying Ohio State in the very same bowl game where Urban Meyer was on the other sideline, coaching the team that he had coached just before. And that is my memory of Urban Meyer.
0: Yeah, but, like, what about coaching philosophy, like uh, players coach or not, or, you know, what do you think he brings to the Jacksonville Jaguars that could be negative or positive?
1: I I think, uh, you know, there's not too many college coaches that have come to the NFL and had success. Urban Meyer always had success because he was able to run college schemes, and he found the best players to um, execute that. You know, he was an excellent recruiter no matter where he was, whether it was out in Colorado or if it was with the University of Florida who he drafted those two teams that won the um, national championships and had a Heisman Trophy winner on his team. Um, Continued that success at Ohio State, but – it, the NFL is a different game, and I think until proven otherwise, you know, you're know, you either very good at one or very good at the other.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's a it's hard to that any coach has done well at both levels, um, success at both levels or a lot of success at one or the other, but uh, very few have had huge success, if any, have had huge success. I guess uh, the only one I can think of that uh, – had huge success in college, and then uh, in the pros was Barry Switzer, and that was really just like one season. Uh, So uh, there would have to be one exception to the rule, I think. Um, Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson would be uh, obviously the the precursor to Switzer. Yeah, uh, success in Miami and then success with the the Cowboys. All right, um, anything else on the Jaguars or um, the AFC South in general?
1: No, I think um, I think we're going to move on to a little bit of fantasy stuff now on the NFC, we, AFC we, we South. Sure are. Yep. So I was right. going to
0: mention some of those. Uh, I was going to mention some of those AFC South fantasy players. Um, so uh, number one, of course, in this uh, in this division is Derrick Henry. Um, We've named one of our fifth uh, awards throughout the season last year. We renamed it the Derrick Henry Award because he won so many awards uh, in a row from you. Uh, so Derrick Henry, number one, uh, obviously probably going to go in the top four in most leagues, if not the top two. <laughs> I think he's probably worth the top three pick for sure. Um, Jonathan Taylor um, uh, f- from the Colts, uh, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Tool Time, but Jonathan Taylor from the Colts, uh, probably going the second round for a lot of people. A.J. Brown from the Titans, uh, again, probably second round. And then we get into something interesting. Uh, so Travis Etienne went down uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, they lost their rookie running back. But James Robinson wasn't a running back all year. He was a big surprise last year. He's probably going to go uh, top of the third round um, in a lot of leagues. He was actually pretty good last year for from a fantasy perspective, and he is going to be the starter, it looks like. Uh, do you have any thoughts on James Robinson?
1: No, you know, that's a, that'd probably be a good sleeper pick. I mean, uh, definitely going to be the steal of the draft for a lot of people. Uh, I don't think overdrafting is still the best idea in the world. Um, I think we're, there's going to be a good window for um, some – late round picks of some of the jacksonville wide receivers i think uh jacksonville's going to be a lot out of a lot of their games and they're going to let trevor lawrence go to work and kind of just learn the nfl and you know get a got a lot of good garbage time stats which in fantasy football you can't tell that it's just um yards and catches and points so it doesn't have a lot to do with winning and losing but uh. I
0: well i and I think this is important um he could gain a lot in d p r uh you know, right they're probably gonna be behind their offensive line isn't great we're gonna probably see a lot of dump offs uh and that probably goes to James Robinson but you're right. I was gonna get into uh where some of these other uh players are are ranked um and but I wanted to stop again here pause again I should say number five um julio jones um in the fifth round i should say not number five but in the fifth round what uh what do you think julio jones uh outlook is for this year and are you interested in having him as your number four wide receiver
1: you know julio didn't catch a lot of touchdowns last year and that's that's not um that's not what you want out of one of your wide receivers but he is you know you know taking a little bit of a step back for all intents and purposes you know he's He's not a spring chicken anymore, but I think he's still going to catch a lot of balls, so in a PPR format, I think somewhere in, like, a flex position or a wide receiver three on, you know, a couple bye weeks. I think he is still worthy pickup if you get him, like you said, around the fifth or sixth round.
0: And then we have DJ Shark, who is uh, the wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, we don't know uh, if he's going to be Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Um You know, there's some questions there. Um, And, you know, they have Leviscus Chenault, who emerged last year. So, and who knows? It could be somebody else. Um, What about – this is another one that I think is interesting for this division. Uh, In the eighth round, or maybe later, you can get Ryan Tannehill. And I know they're a run-first team, and Derrick Henry is going to be the focus. But now they have Julio Jones, and they have A.J. Brown. Uh, do you think uh, Ryan Tannehill's worth a look uh, late if you don't get an early quarterback?
1: So as um, some of our sifters remember from last week, I was discussing a little bit with my two-quarterback league. Um, I believe and hopefully you no know, one that is in that league is listening to this podcast and steals my strategy. Not that well, anyone wait, would wait, ever wait, steal wait, wait, fantasy. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Wait, let's wait for the If they are listening, let's wait for them to stop listening.
1: Yes, please. Stop. Okay. (laughs) So, so what I would, I, I'm definitely going to try to target Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'm going to have to roster three or four quarterbacks on my roster. I think, I mean, at at the rate I know this league goes, Ryan Tannehill could be one of my starting quarterbacks as QB one, because if I don't grab one of the big names right away, it's going to be Ryan Tannehill at the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the league. Right. But I think he's going to be a kind of a key to Tennessee's success this season. Uh, as long as he kind of holds up his end of the bargain.
0: Like with the Henry, they would be good at the play action. And then he's got two very good wide receivers, um, at least two, but two very good wide receivers um, to throw to down the field. So, Um, It seems like Ryan Tannehill should be in for a very good season. Uh, Just list off some other guys. I mean, Philip Lindsay, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, David (laughs) Shepard, T.Y. Hilton. Do you have any interest in any of those names?
1: You know, this is going to bring up, you know, kind of a great point um, for some of our other sifters. You know, all those people you just named off are very recognizable players because they've been playing in the league for a few years. But you really need to not think of them as wide receiver one, wide receiver two material anymore. You need to really start getting into the nitty the nitty gritty of the new the newer players that are really starting to perform and learn who they are, and you know just really pay attention to those rankings because if you're just going by name recognition only, that's a really bad way to draft your team.
0: Absolutely, things have changed. the The, the phrase that I keep hearing in the fantasy world is that. It's, an, it's a fan it's a snow globe league uh, for fantasy purposes, meaning it's get, it gets shook up every year. And if you're not paying attention to that, you're probably wasting your draft picks, uh, especially around these middle rounds. That's where uh, like people say you win your draft at the top or at the bottom. But I think in the middle rounds is a lot of times where that success can come in. And now we're getting into that middle round territory when we're talking about T.Y. Hilton or Brandon Cook, that kind of player. All right. Uh, anything else on the AFC South or fantasy that where uh, we take a break and move on?
1: No, I think we can ready to move.
0: All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back with the NFC South. Right. It's getting dark out here in the garage. I have a little bit of light. I don't want too much light. I don't want bugs. Um, but I might have to turn some lights on. Uh, all right, so we're going to continue with the AF, uh, the NFC South. And I would like to start with the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they obviously uh, got Tom Brady in the offseason last year. He um, made a, a major impact, uh, and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, so what do you think the Bucks are going to do this year?
1: Well, they are definitely the current Super Bowl-reigning champions. My hat off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, repeating in the NFL is very, very hard to do. I tried to find a stat right before we jumped on the air. If I would have thought about it a little sooner, I would have been able to get the exact number. Of how many players are still left in the NFL since the last time there was a repeat? Everybody knows who it was, and we know that person just is the one that has a chance to have another repeat. Um, we don't need to mention his name. However, uh, Tampa Bay, I, I see them going twelve and five this season. I think you know they're going to win a lot of games just due to the fact that they are returning every player they had from the Super Bowl starters from last season and. That's 22 caliber starting players in the NFL. So I think that talent is going to carry them to a lot of wins.
0: All right. So uh, I've got them at 14 and three. Um, I've got them with, uh, you know, honestly, like, you know, they don't have that tough of a schedule. Uh, the The Rams game is probably the toughest one. Uh, just looking at it on paper, um, you know, uh, we'll get to this in a minute, but New Orleans has announced their starting quarterback. Um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see that matchup. Um, but, you know, they got the Jets and, and they got, you know, Carolina twice. And those could be three straight wins at the end. I, I see them at 14-3. and three. What do you think Vegas Insider has them
1: at? 12.
0: You're right. You nailed it. It's 12
1: um really 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 quickly i needed to make mine 13 and 4 not 12 and 5 i had a error when i was reviewing my notes
0: but we both like the over there do you think that that's worth uh throwing a couple croutons at 12
1: no again that's just you know that's getting a little too high up there into the um temptation pool for me uh you know because the you know, as teams have proven before, like we said last week, you know, that team is one or two key injuries away from being five, you know, five and 12. So, you know, that is the difference in between some of those positions. And I would never bet that high.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then, then now uh, we, I think that when they played the Chiefs during the regular season last year, um, Tony Romo mentioned after the broadcast, like as it was ending, that he, he could see those two teams meeting in the Super Bowl. That Bucks team did not seem like a Super Bowl team to most people watching uh, at that point in the season. So um, yeah, I don't I don't think it would be worth putting anything on the Bucks at, at over twelve or even under twelve. I really think that's the perfect number. All right, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. Um, new quarterback uh, there. Uh, uh, you know they. They've had a lot of quarterback issues. <laughs> um Cam Newton uh, was great for them for a little while, had an P season. They did. They want. They made just... um But uh, since then, a little bit inconsistent. He was hurt, and they've, they've they've had a rocky road there. Uh, what do you think the Panthers are going to do this year?
1: So when I was doing all my predictions, what I kind of do, I go back from who I predicted week by week, like I was saying. And so I went back to when I we predicted the AFC East, and I and then I look back. And somehow Carolina sneaks away with a 9-8 and eight season. I think it's going to be a little bit of a fluke. They have a lot of t- games on their schedule that are very winnable, and I think they're going to win just enough this season to kind of finish middle of the road. But I think 9-8 is going to put them just outside the playoff picture in the NFC.
0: So looking at their schedule, I, I think you're probably right. You're closer than I am. Um, I have them at 3-14, and 14, really struggling this year. But they start off with the Jets, with the Saints, and then they, they play at, at Houston, at Dallas, and then Philly comes to Carol, Carolina. They have Minnesota, the New York Giants, and the Falcons, that's kind of the first half of their season ending with New England, what um, what I think is they probably can win a lot of those games. Those games could be like one-score games. They could go either way. So uh, what do you think the Vegas Insider has them at, a, you know, a, a win total?
1: Eight.
0: Very close. I'm going to give it to you because you can't, you can't have seven and a half wins. I was going to say uh, seven and a half. <laughs> I really <laughs> yeah. would. I mean, you're welcome to guess a half games, but you can't well, win a
1: times, and then I change my mind. But yeah, like you said, that half is because they know they're not going to win four football games.
0: Right. So uh, yeah, seven and a half. Do you think? What do you think about that? Do you think that's perfect, or do you think uh, it's worth? Avoiding?
1: No, I'm going to avoid that one as well. I yeah. I would not bet.
0: I I agree with you. All right, let's go to the New Orleans Saints because they have named their starter. I think it was obvious, but uh, you never know, I guess. Jameis Winston is going to be their starter. Now, It'll be an interesting game, especially week one, Bay game in uh, New Orleans. That will be very interesting to see what's going on there. I mentioned the Tampa Bay game later on as well. Um, but what do you think the Saints are going to do this year now that you know Jameis Winston? One of the most interesting quarterbacks in the NFL, you got to admit – you want to say about Jameis Winston he is an interesting quarterback and I'm going to compare him to Brett Favre not in the sense that he's a hall but in the sense that he's very interesting to watch you really never know what's going to happen with Jameis Winston Uh,
1: so you know I mean this this is goes back to that story why would Sean Payton, let everybody let the world know who is their starting quarterback. This is a team that's going to be night and day, depending on who's snapping the ball. Um, New Orleans didn't really change their team much from the offseason. You know, they were they were working on trying to get um, Aaron Rodgers, but that was pretty much a, bit, a little bit of a long shot. And what they ended up doing is sticking with Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the previous season, who threw for five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, and look what happened: Tampa Bay, you know, got blown out of the water. They changed one one key position, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I don't see New Orleans going to the promised land with Jameis Winston. I see him being eight and nine, which is really the new five hundred.
0: All right, and I am going the other way. I'm going with uh, 13 and four. Now I know uh, picking a team that has Jameis Winston at quarterback to go 13 and four is precarious, but I think we're going to see a healthy mix of Taysom Hill. It's going to be a, an offense that's unpredictable, and it, you know, obviously, Jameis Winston throws 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. They're not going 13 and four. Um, they're probably going under 500, but um,
1: you know, if they have a,
0: a mix in there that works, um, you know, and they get Jameis Winston in there uh, in the right frame of mind, only his vision corrected. Um, um, I think they could they could do some damage. What do you think Vegas Insider has? I had 13 and four. You said nine and eight, right?
1: I would say ten and a half. No, I'm sorry. That's the Super Bowl champions. They need a little bit more respect. I'm going to say 11.
0: The New Orleans Saints?
1: Oh, the Saints. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little old, looking at my notes crooked. Uh, I'm going to say eight and a half for the Saints.
0: I'm going to give it to you. It's nine. And uh, I think that's probably right on the number. It's probably somewhere in that eight to 10 range, but it's probably... Nine is the you can't really go too high against that. Uh, <laughs> I have them at thirteen and four, but I think I'm that. But uh, anything else on the Saints uh, before we move on?
1: I can promise you there are thousands and thousands of people that are looking at the Saints at nine wins on the season and saying, I'll take that bet But I got news for you, New Orleans fans, you better not you better not expect to get your money back.
0: Yeah, and I, I I I like them, but uh, I'm not going to certainly put any croutons on uh, the over nine. I think that – I will is take possibly.
1: the un- – absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on. The last team in the NFC South that we have not talked about is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, other than Julio Jones uh, moving, they, they added Mike Davis at running back. Um, he looks like he's their only running back, so we'll talk about that a little bit later in fantasy. But uh, – uh, the Falcons haven't changed a lot, and Julio Jones was in. So it's almost like they didn't have him last year. Um, certainly, if you had him on your fantasy team, it was like you didn't have him last year. Uh, I would know. Um, but the Falcons are going to do this year.
1: So I don't think the Falcons are going to have a very good season. They uh, they have not, you know, they, they've lost all their talent new coach, new system, new everything. Um, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be in the basement with the Houston Texans and going to be about 2-15, and 15, but not the worst team in the league.
0: All right. I like them uh, significantly more than you do. I have them at 7-10. and 10. Um, I think, I mean, they have it, – this is the whole thing. They, they get to play the NFC East, and uh, Philadelphia, the New York Giants, I think are still projects, um, you know, in the works. I don't think those are good teams. Um, I think Dallas could be okay. Um, I think the Washington football team could be okay, but, um, you know, you know, they get to play the jets as well and they get to play Jacksonville, of course. Um, so they, they're, I, I have them at seven and 10. I don't think they're going to be great. I don't think they have any chance of making the playoffs. Uh, or challenging for this division. But um, what do you think the Vegas Insider has on map?
1: I would say four and a half wins.
0: It's a lot higher. It's seven and a half.
1: Wow. They're a big believer.
0: Yeah, and I think it's just when you look at the schedule, you know, uh, you know, they get to play the Jets, they get to play the Jaguars. Those are two teams that are definitely a bigger work in progress than the Falcons and the Falcons did get Arthur Smith, um, you know, who orchestrated a lot of that success in Tennessee. Um, So, you know, I think that they probably will be better on offense and they lost, I think if I'm not correct, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's six games last year by less than one score or one score. So that is just a fluke. I mean, obviously it's, it's not, it's more than a fluke because, the coaching staff didn't have that team prepared but um they have a new coaching staff now a new head coach and they uh did lose six games by one score or less so it seems like their fortunes probably will turn around a little bit on that but we shall see anything else on the falcons before we move on to fantasy
1: no i think it's time to move on all
0: right let's talk about uh, fantasy football of course Everybody's consensus number one uh, in a standard league um, is Christian McCaffrey, and he is there as well. I think, uh, you know, if he's healthy, he's got to be the number one guy just because of how many passes he's going to catch and how many uh, chances he's going to have to break a big uh, touchdown. And then I also have Alvin Kamara at, uh, you know, probably going in the the top six or seven, maybe sticking around a little bit later. But, um uh what do you think about those two guys?
1: Um I mean Christian McCaffrey's the clear cut number one. If you don't pick him at number one, you're and you're the number two pick in he slides. Do you you know it's a miracle? Um I, I think you know that's just a solid pick and yeah, that's where I'm gonna kinda of sit with that.
0: Well what do you think about Alvin Kamara now that we know well,
1: you know he. I don't know. You know it's it's a different team. I I think he may slip a little, but you know he's still going to definitely beat uh, first round. You know, probably late first round. But I I, I probably not going to try to fight the draft from this year.
0: All right, here's where it gets interesting. So in the second round, maybe late second round, alvin Ridley, probably the number one receiver there in Atlanta, and they are going to pass. Uh, Arthur Smith might want to emphasize the run more, but yeah. Calvin, oh the number, number one guy who gone. What do you think about Calvin Ridley?
1: You know he was a really good compliment last year to that offense. Uh, him and Julio on the field together, they were they were hard to stop. I, I don't know if there's going to be enough people taking away from Calvin Ridley for Calvin Ridley to get his um, get his action. So I, I think he could be, you know, he's going to be a value valuable pick, but you got to uh, be kind of be careful when you pick him.
0: So I don't have the stat in front of me, but the the thing about Calvin Ridley is that Jones um, was out; he actually did better um, without, a, you know, a, the compliment on the other side being Julio Jones. So it's going to carry forward well, because they have, have a new coach, a new offensive. Um, so I don't know' I, but I'm just putting it out the calendar did well with Julio Jones on the bench uh injured, so let's go ahead and move Love. on. This is an interesting one, so we have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh nobody knows what to do with these guys. uh Mike Evans is most likely to get you two catches for one yard and then four catches for four touchdowns the next week um so he's the guy that uh wins or loses. Uh, a week in fantasy football. Um you gotta consider that. But um what do you think about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this year?
1: Yeah, they're just they're that they're the dynamic duel that someone's gonna get it, you just don't know who. Um I, I don't know, you know, it's hard not to make one of these your number one wide receiver, but you know, one, one guy is gonna do really well like you said, and the other guy is just not um I think if one of them sitting on the board, you 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 know, it's just who who do you pick it, you know who are you picking over top of these guys? But they're they you know they're they're not going to be great every week of the year. Or so, but picking when and choose they do well, it's crapshoot. And I guess what
0: I don't have Gronk on my. You gotta continue. Robert he's the red zone threat. He's also the guy, you know, when, when everybody's on the routes, he leaks out, out and Tom Brady's going to look for him. So uh, I just, I feel like both of those guys are kind of stayaways. I mean, obviously at a certain point, you got to take them for their value, but you don't know which one is going to be the one. And Tom Brady likes to spread the ball. He's never really had besides Randy Moss, like one receiver or receiver at all. Um, so, he spreads the ball too much for you to depend on either one of those guys. But, of course, like earlier, earlier, you know, Mike Evans or Chris got the week, by catching a couple touchdowns uh, any given week, week, but you don't know which one. And and I think Gronk makes, you know, Gronk's a factor there for sure. And speaking of tight ends, where do you think Kyle Pitts should go uh, for the Falcons? I mean, he kind of, you know, he's not going to Julio Jones, but uh, where do you think you know, you should realistically.
1: Uh, I, I think, you know, if he, he realistically, he would go in the fifth or sixth round, but I think you're going to see a couple, a couple people probably try to get him maybe late third round, early fourth round, you know, maybe the second or third tight end off the board before too many of the other big names are taken up. You know, he could, he could be the, the next phenomenon, t- phenomenal tight end that is to break out and, ha- you know, just unstoppable and just not know what to do with. Or, you know, he could be middle of the road where he's not going to be a big fantasy threat. But I would yeah. probably personally pick him in round four. All
0: right. And then uh, running back for the Falcons, Mike Davis, um, he, you know, he's probably going fifth or sixth round and people – might might reach for him, but I think a, because his name is boring and he's a journeyman uh, running back, he's probably not going to get overdrafted. So, uh, what do you think about a running back in an offense that's probably going to be surrounding, uh, you know, or surrounding the, the the running back like it was in Tennessee? Uh, do you think Mike Davis had some fantasy upside because you know he might be the focal point? <sighs>
1: You know he is going to be the focal point, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of intensity to get that ball out. Um, I, I see him being a good running back two position, uh, but I like I said, like you said, alluded to, I don't think he's going to be going very quickly, so he could be a very good steal for a team late in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think he's a great pick um, at a certain point in the draft, and then the last one I had, is you know, last year I had predicted Michael Thomas to catch like 120 passes uh you know so he, you you had him at a, a ridiculous uh, number he obviously things happened um drew um, and uh mike thomas got injured and all that but uh what do you think about michael thomas he's probably going six round he's hurt right now um what do you think about michael thomas this year
1: so I gave him like I gave the San Francisco 49ers to kiss a death. Michael yeah. Thomas, I hope you accept my apology. I know you may never forgive me in your lifetime, and that is completely understandable. Uh, from a perspective outside of that one, you have the opportunity to be the comeback player of the year. I think he's going to get his this year but I would still not try to draft him too with too high of a pick I think 6th round it's a good fit for Michael Thomas.
0: All right, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, honestly I'm going to stay away from him but um somebody's probably going to draft him as their, you know, third or fourth wide receiver and um you know, might get a steal because he might uh, he might be the number one guy but the change of guard at quarterback and the un- you know, the unknown there, at, you know, at quarterback and whether Michael Thomas is going to be 100% this season and all that uh, factors in. So, um, you know, it's strange how quickly uh, a guy who just absolutely dominated the league, and when you talked about him, you know, catching 120 passes and, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns or whatever, uh, 15 touchdowns, whatever, <laughs> that didn't seem that crazy. It seemed a little crazy. It didn't seem that crazy. And now, you know, think about it. One year later, it 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 doesn't seem possible for that guy to do that. So, how things change in the Snow Globe League? It's the Snow Globe League it gets shaken up every year. So, anything else uh, on the AFC South, NFC South on fantasy, anything like that? Uh,
1: no, I think we have completed our uh, discussion on the these two divisions.
0: We've completed preview of all the divisions so next week um we will i don't know what day uh but we will start talking about the first season um and also obviously we'll be able to talk about our fantasy football drafts and what we think went well and what did not um so uh anything else before we say sayonara
1: Well, that will be our second annual uh, Super NFL Prediction Show where we will also declare who we are going to think is going to be our Super Bowl winner, our MVP, and those type of awards.
0: That's correct. And if I'm remembering uh, when when the last season ended in the Super Bowl, we did our post-Super Bowl predictions. We said Kansas City and Tampa Bay could possibly play each other again. Uh, for this this year's Super Bowl Uh, let's see if those predictions uh, when we talk next week so until then thank you uh, from the mayor and from myself for listening and we will see you next week all right there you have it the NFC and AFC South predictions from the mayor and myself Next week, we'll be talking about um, season-long predictions for MVP, Coach of the Year, all those kinds of things. So I hope you uh, join us next week, and we will talk to you then.